Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards with Impact Ministries. I want to tell you, if you are looking for life at its best, you are at the right place. This ministry, my calling, my destiny, my passion for people is to help people come into an experience the quality of life that Jesus died to give us. Man, listen, if it was so important to God for us to have this incredible life that he sent his only son to die, to pay the price that we would have had to pay for our recklessness and foolishness, to conquer sin, death, hell, and the grave, and obtain this life at the resurrection. Man, if God cared enough about us to make, pay that kind of price, then it needs to be a priority in our life. As a matter of fact, I want you to understand something. Religion has told you for years that, that, you know, that what God wanted to do in your life was going to happen through suffering. And, you know, you know, God was going to take you through all kinds of pain and hardship. I got news for you. That's a bunch of religious nonsense. That's, 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 the, kind of, that's the kind of stuff that took the world into the dark ages. Uh, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the fullest. And, and so everything we do is about helping you have life to its fullest. Because if you have life to its fullest, now some people say, man, you know, so, so what you're saying is this, you know, God's only interested in us being prosperous and successful. No, God's interested in having a relationship with us. But here's the deal. The life that God gives you which is the life that Jesus possessed. It's the inheritance that Jesus received at the resurrection. The life that Jesus has. Uh, you can't have that life and, and, and actually stay beat down and depressed and broke and sick all the time and worn out and that sort of thing because that life is the opposite of all of that. Now, I'm not saying that if you're struggling with something, there's something wrong with you. I'm not saying if you're struggling with something that you're not saved. I'm not saying any of that. I am just saying the more we grasp and believe in our heart the truth about what Jesus gave us through the resurrection, the more our heart changes, the more the quality of our life changes. And man, I'm telling you what, that's the journey well. Now listen, this month, and I could not, you know, I could not come up with a good enough title for this series that, that, we're, that we're doing this month. But right now I'm calling it Finding Divine Life. Now, now think about that for a few minutes. You know, as a, as, a, as a new believer, I came into this thing, and maybe you did. You know, I, didn't, I didn't come into this thing looking for mediocrity. I came into this thing looking to come out of the corrupt life that I was living. I, I, I came into this because I, 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 was a, I was tired and ashamed and disgusted with who I was as a person. And I wanted to be a different person. And I wanted all the chaos and conflict and, and fear and struggling in my life. I wanted that to come to an end. I wanted a better life, a quality of life. And I, but I want you to know something. You know, the apostle Paul said this, you know, toward the end of his life, he said, look, 
He said, he, said, I don't, I'm, he said, I'm not saying that I have attained, but he said, I am continually, I am continually laying hold to him for the purpose that he laid hold to me. In other words, I am, and, and, you know, I'm stretching myself out to this, to, to, to this destiny that God has. Well, I'm going to tell you something. This, this thing is a journey and God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. The question is, are we still seeking that like we were when we first came to Jesus? You know, I'll tell you something interesting about the heart and the mind. You find what you're really looking for. When you decide, if you settle for something, if you, if you decide this is as good as it's going to get, and that's what, that's, that's what you're looking for, then everything in you actually goes to work to find that and to limit your life to whatever it is you've settled for. So you know what? I'm not settling. This is going to be a lifetime journey and it's going to be consummated when I meet the Lord face to face. But I'm telling you what, here on this life, I'm going to enjoy much of, as much of the life of God as I can. So I'm still searching for and continuing to experience the supernatural God of the Bible, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. You know, when I first started going to... Uh, a charismatic type church. Man, I saw, I saw people coming down, getting prayed for, and I'd see people get healed. I thought, man, this, is, this was incredible. But I began to notice after a while that a lot of the people that came down to get prayed for, for whatever their problem was, financial problems, physical problems, emotional problems, relational problems, I found that, that most of them kept coming back, kept coming back. Now there were miracles. I saw great miracles. I'm thankful for that. But by and large, most people never, they either never got over their core issues or their life was kind of, uh, uh, ran in a cycle of, 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 you know, things getting better, getting better, getting better, getting worse, getting worse, getting worse, getting better. And it's just a, a, a never ending cycle of, of, okay, I got to go get healed again. Okay, I got to go get out of financial trouble again. Okay, I got to go solve a, a problem again. And I remember thinking, you know what? I, I'm thankful for healing, but healing is not God's best. Health is God's best. So my pursuit is not just for healing. My pursuit is for divine life, divine health. It's the same thing with with, uh, with deliverance, I don't, you know, when I'm in trouble, I, I'm going to trust God to deliver me. I am going to trust God to, to, to uh, uh, work in my heart, work in my life, and, and get me out of these problems, lead me out of the problems. By the way, I'm usually the one that always creates the problems. And just in case you're wondering, you are too. But, but you know what? I don't really want to get delivered over and over and over and over again, because if I need deliverance all the time, then what that means is I'm getting into trouble all the time. If I'm needing deliverance all the time, it means evidently I am making some really bad choices, choices that do not harmonize with the wisdom of God, choices that are not based on where the Holy Spirit is trying to lead me, choices that, uh, that are taking me away from the divine life. You know, stop and think about it. Jesus, Jesus is our shepherd, and, and the Bible calls him the good shepherd. Now, I want you to understand this. Remember, but Jesus spoke in Aramaic. He didn't, he didn't speak in Greek. And so the words that he spoke 
were probably originally recorded in Aramaic, and then at some point in time they were translated into Greek, and then at some point in time they were translated into the King James English or into Latin, and then to the King James English. And now we're trying to, you know, now we're like five translations away from what Jesus said, and uh, and, and and we're not even basing it on the language that he spoke. But the Aramaic has many similarities to the Hebrew language. When you see the word good, one of the things you can count on is that if Jesus said it, or if it's anywhere in the Old Testament, and very probably if the Apostle Paul said it, it not only has to do with something being desirable, it not only has to do with something being pleasant, something that you would want to, to happen, but it always has, has the implied uh, fact that it has to do with being in harmony with God. The word good is always, is only good because it is in harmony with who God is. It is in harmony with how God created us. It is in harmony with how God created the earth. So as the good shepherd described in the 23rd Psalm, which so many people quote and ignore everything in there and deny everything in there by the way they pray and by the way they try to live their life. But if he's the good shepherd, then you understand that one of the major roles that he's playing is to bring man back into harmony with God. Bring man where the way we think, the way we make decisions, the way we live life, our health, our energy, our finances, our family, our relationships, our emotions, all of those things are in harmony with the character and the nature of God, but they're also in harmony with the finished work of Jesus, where all of the promises of God become ours. You see, God's provided everything. He's given us everything, but the question is, are we in harmony with it? So if I'm needing deliverance over and over and over again, if I'm needing God to deliver me from trouble over and over again, then evidently, the way I am making decisions, the decisions that get me into this, these problems, I'm not making those decisions in harmony with God. So in the 23rd Psalm, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. We know he's the good shepherd, the shepherd who he himself is in harmony with God and he always leads us into harmony with God. Um, and, you know, and really you can understand what, you know, what Paul was talking about whenever he, whenever he talked about uh, um, uh, uh, you know, the will, the, the good and, and the pleasant and, uh, you know, will of God. And he described the will of God. Uh, Paul, again, you know, he was a Hebrew. He would use that word good thinking about harmony. The will of God is always in harmony with what God has said. It's always in harmony with who God is. And if it's not, if, if what you're believing and what you're applying is not keeping you in harmony with the, pr with the promises of God that have been given through the Lord Jesus, then there's something wrong with, with it, whether it's you or me or whoever. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It doesn't mean God's against us. It just means some of our beliefs are messed up. Well, the shepherd, if, if the Lord is my shepherd, which means, number one, I am relating to him as Lord. I am not just relating to him as my deliverer. I'm not just relating to him as the person who gets me out of trouble. I, a shepherd is someone who leads me down the pathway of life. A shepherd is the, is the one who provides protection for me. A shepherd is the one who, who takes me to the green pasture so that I always have provision. He takes me to the still water so that I always live in peace. So that's where he's always taking you. But it says, so, so if, if, if he's your Lord, then you can claim his, him as your shepherd. But I got news for you. If he is not your Lord, then he's not your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word want, simple, lack. 
And then all of the 23rd Psalm shows us, sometimes it's implicit, sometimes it's explicit, but it shows us and tells us and implies what God is leading us away from and what God is leading us to. Well, as our shepherd, like I said, he, he, he's leading us away from any aspect of lack. You know, the only way you can have temptation in your life, the only way you're going to struggle is, is when you feel lack. But I'm telling you what, when you know Jesus as your, as your shepherd and you know that all the promises of God are yours, the Bible said, it, in fact, it is these very promises is what frees us from the temptation that comes through the lust of the flesh. Man, if you've got everything you need, you, you're, you're not lusting for anything. You're not craving for anything. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm thankful for deliverance, but that's not where I want to live because deliverance implies that I had to get in trouble first. I want quality of life. I'm thankful for healing. Man, I'm telling you, I, you know, any of you who have heard me very much, you know I, I have experienced some of the most phenomenal healings you can ever imagine. But I got news for you. To get healed, you got to be sick first. <laughs> you know, I have spent more time being sick than I am interested in. Uh, and so I'm, I, my pursuit is not healing. My, my pursuit is health. My pursuit is life. So I don't want to be in a constant cycle of messing up my life and then needing to be delivered. And that's why we are talking about finding divine life, finding this quality of life that changes everything about our, our experience, changes everything that's going on in our world. Now listen, even back in the old covenant, God said, look, if you'll just follow my wisdom, if you'll just follow my prescriptions. Remember the word commandment is, uh, uh, there is no English word that actually properly translates the idea of a commandment. The best concept of a commandment in English that we have is a prescription. And I say a prescription is always something that brings benefit to your life. It, it, it either prevents something from happening destructive in your life or it heals you and delivers you from something destructive. But God's commandments, they are prescriptions. And so, so uh, the Holy Spirit is always going to lead us to apply these prescriptions for this quality of life, this quality of life where we have peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, this quality of life where we are harmonized with God, this quality of life where no matter what's going on around us, it's not conquering and, and altering and messing up what's going on in us, where what's going on in us more times than not will become the influence that, that changes the world around us. You know, uh, You've heard me talk about this a lot. If you read my book, Heaven on Earth, which is all about uh, Jesus teaching all the parables, Jesus was teaching us how to have heaven on earth, how to understand God's word and how to apply it in, in a way that was not legalistic, you know, that uh, was not works righteousness, but in a way that was based on faith and based on the character and the nature of God. Well, <clears throat> in that book, I lay out the fact that our clearest type or model of understanding the Christian journey from getting born again to entering into the kingdom of God. Now remember, the kingdom of God 
is not when you get born again. When you get born again, according to John 3, 3, you, because your heart changes, you now have the capacity to perceive that there is a kingdom. Remember, the Apostle Paul said this. He said that, he said that God's trying to take us to a place that's better than anything we've ever seen. It's better than anything we've ever heard. It's better than anything we've ever imagined. Well, you know something, if, I, if I've never seen it, never heard it, never even been able to imagine it, then the real truth is in my natural mind, I can't even perceive that something that good exists. You know, stop and think about it. As much as we can understand the human mind, we realize that all thoughts are either based on a memory or an imagination. And even imagination has its roots in memories. But, but Paul is saying God is trying to bring you into something that is beyond what you've ever seen, what you've ever heard. And that's why you can't even imagine it because this is beyond the realm of anything you've ever experienced or would ever even think you could experience in this life. But that's why Paul goes on to say that this is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're, just, you're, not going to, you're not going to perceive this on your own. You're not going to perceive this through your intellect. It starts with getting born again, born of the Spirit of God. And because the Spirit of God comes in us at the new birth, then He starts whispering these things into our heart. And if we're listening, if we're reading the Bible and listening, we start realizing, oh, wait a minute. Man, there's something out here bigger, better, more wonderful, more powerful than I ever imagined in my whole life. And, uh, and, so, and, and that's where I want to go. And so when you look at the children of Israel and their journey, they went into Egypt, became slaves. They stayed there for hundreds of years. Then God sends a deliverer and they come out of Egypt by the, you know, by the power of God. They, they cross the Red Sea, which is a type of getting baptized into Jesus. They go to Mount Sinai, which is a type of getting all of God's word written on your heart. They journey through the wilderness. And the real truth is they were 11 days 11-day journey they could have gone from Egypt into Canaan. Canaan was a type of the kingdom of God. And in, that, in the kingdom of God, you have all the resources of God. That's why the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven are, are, are two different descriptions of the same realm, of the same place that you can enter into. And so, so the Apostle Paul told us, and if you understand Jesus' teaching, if you have enough knowledge of the Old Testament to, to realize this, Jesus was always teaching us about how to live this life and how to get wisdom from those who had, who had gone before us. So once the, you know, the, the children of Israel that roamed in the wilderness for 40 years, it wasn't that they weren't believers. See, they're, they're a type of a carnal Christian. Well, well, what is a carnal Christian? You know, I can remember when I first got saved, you know, we thought that carnal Christians were people who were Christians who were, you know, evil and they imagined evil and they did horrible and wicked things. But the truth is that word carnal just has a, basically is revolved around just being natural. These, these are people who just, who, who they get saved, but they still think with just the natural mind. They still rate, relate to the world and understand the world by their natural senses. And I don't want to be that person because that person cannot perceive 
that there is a realm that we can enter into that's better than anything we've ever heard, better than anything we've ever seen, better than anything we've ever imagined. And I'll tell you what, only the Holy Spirit can take us into that realm as we follow our shepherd. And he leads us away from the lack that's in the world, as he leads us away from all of these destructive things and leads us into the green pastures and the still waters and, and the, the table prepared before us and, and the rod and the staff to comfort us and all of those kinds of things. So, so when the children of Israel entered into the land of Canaan, then that's where the book of, uh, uh, once they established their nation there, then that's where the book of Judges begins. And the, book of, the theme of the book of Judges is, in Judges 21, 25, in those days... There was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The carnal believer does what is right in his own eyes because it makes sense to him. But the problem is he or she will never perceive this portal, this door that the Bible talks about, that we can go through in our hearts, and we can go through, and when we go through that door, we will enter this realm that's better than anything we've ever had. And, and we stop this thing of just of, of getting better, getting worse, getting better, getting worse. Well, see, in the book of Judges, you know, it's really important to understand the scripture. It says, it says, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The cycle for the book of Judges, which is, which is the cycle for really for the, the, the carnal Christian, is that you know, Israel would, they would abandon God. They would, they would, again, they would do what they thought was right rather than what God said was wise, rather than follow God's prescription. And they would get in trouble. They would get oppressed by the other nations. Now, keep in mind, all the other nations in, Is, uh, in the Canaan, the names of those nations represent different aspects of the flesh. And so the idea here is, is that the children of Israel, they're a type of Christians who continually and repeatedly get into bondage to trying to satisfy the lust of the flesh, get into bondage to trying to find this, this ultimate incredible life through, through selfishness and through carnality and through fulfill, actually fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And so life would get so bad that they would finally start calling out to God and they would experience God as their deliverer. Well, they'd get out of trouble. Life would be great. They would break off the oppression of the, of the enemy. Uh, everything would be as it should be. And then when that generation who had experienced God, when they would die off and the, and the next generation would come, they would repeat that cycle and they repeated that cycle over and over and over again until centuries later when the nation of Israel ended up being destroyed and taken into captivity into both Assyria and into Babylon. And it all came about because they only knew God as their deliverer. They did not know him as their Lord. Now, the kingdom of God is a realm. It's a way of life. It's a path that we walk. It's a paradigm. It's not an event. And it's really important that you understand that. Getting born again is an event. It is a happening. It is something that takes place in, in one moment in time by a decision that we make. But getting, but, but 
living and moving in the kingdom of God is a way of life. It's not an event. It's not a one-time happening. It's not something that you just go, okay, I'm, I'm saved now. Everything is supposed to work. No, because God doesn't violate your will. God is, he's drawing you into a loving relationship. And if you trust him, you'll, you'll walk with him. You know, sometimes we just so overcomplicate things. Uh, I, 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 you know, Enoch is one of the most interesting people in the whole Bible to me. And you have nearly no information about Enoch. But here's what it does say about Enoch. It says, and Enoch walked with the Lord and he was no more. That was it. <laughs> you know, listen, this all gets pretty simple. Do you want to walk with God? Do you want to know him? And do you trust that walking with him will deliver you from these, not only the destruction that's in the world, but the destruction that we bring on ourselves through just constantly trying to find fulfillment through the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Because there are, there are two realms that we can live in. There's not, there's not a third that I know of at this point. We can live in the world, the world system, which is all based on the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Or we can abide in the, in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, this is a realm that we enter into first and foremost by surrendering to Jesus as the Lord. And once we enter into that realm, that's like going to heaven. But instead of having to wait till you die to experience heaven, you get to experience here on earth. That's why Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, heaven here on earth. And Jesus taught and the Bible teaches as a whole that there is a door. There is a portal through which you can enter or through which you can pass like a doorway. And it will take you into this realm where all of God's resources are there for you and you can experience life at its best. So in this, in this series that I'm going to be doing all this month, we may take it into some of the next month, but I'm going to be doing all this month. And uh, in the series that, uh, that I'm going to be sharing with you that goes along with this. And remember, I do these series on here and we put these out here. These are free, man. We have more free material. Some people have contacted me over and over and over and said, man, you've got more free material than any ministry I've ever been involved with. That's kind of interesting. Then some people try and criticize and say, well, why are you selling these series? Well, unfortunately, it costs us money to produce these series to get them out to people and all that kind of stuff. But here's the deal. Not everybody has the time or the desire to go into this incredible in-depth process where they're, where they're wanting to know more, understand more, apply more, and make this journey. So we always have supporting series. I got a supporting series called Finding Divine Life. It's going to walk you through every step of how to identify this portal and enter into this realm where you start experiencing the divine life of God. And I'm telling you, this is, this is not a bunch of double talk. This is not a bunch of uh, easy believism. As a matter of fact, one of the things you're going to discover is it is not hard to go through the portal. It is not hard to live kingdom living unless you trust something or someone more than you trust God. So here's what I want you to do. Between now and next week, I want you to think about this. And you're going to have to pray about this. You're going to seek God about this because only the Holy Spirit 
can take you to this place where you have that sense, that awareness that there is far more that you could be experiencing in God than you are experiencing. Don't condemn yourself. This is not about being something wrong with you. It's not about finding sin in you. It's just about saying, I can only see what I can see from where I am now. I need to find this portal, this doorway, this passageway. And I need to go through this passageway so that I can perceive and experience and enjoy everything Jesus died to give me. Now listen, if this message helped you, if this message encouraged you, then first of all, put your comments in here. These comments, not only do they help people and encourage people, but they, but they cause more people to hear this message. Also, be sure and like this. If you're watching this on YouTube, like this. And man, that again, that's gonna help people. But you can subscribe to this and you'll get all these message, messages that I, that I put out on a regular basis. Because listen, I wanna invest in you. I want you to have life at its best. I'll see you next week and we'll take another step into this divine life. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.